Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for your AEW review. To me, your boy, as always, Big Tasty, and I am joined by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm all good. I'm all good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this week because it was a weird week. Oh, there's a lot, lot, lot going on, wasn't there? Like, it, it feels like like nothing really got sorted for double or nothing for ages and then all of a sudden and, and, and we knew it was kind of going to be the way because of the tournaments but all of a sudden everything just sort of slamming together now real quickly yeah they did that with revolution didn't they it was like we, i remember when we were like getting close to reviewing that and we were like we're two weeks out there and we've not really got much of an idea of what the card's gonna look like um well, you can you can kind of understand it here because a lot of people have been in the tournament so they couldn't announce like other matches for people who were still involved in the tournament without giving away the results. Yeah, I get the impression there's probably going to be one more match announced um, tomorrow on Dynamite. Well, there's a rumour for one, isn't there? Um, which is the mixed tag. Yeah, well, that's sort of been announced now, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, we all know. I mean, they're doing the... Well, they won't, they aren't they? But, you know, we'll, yeah. talk, about, we'll talk about that in a bit. They've teased that and they've teased the triple threat, haven't they? Um, yeah. Or just a rematch between Scorpio and whatever Kazarian is these days um, but also the other one I was thinking of was that obviously heavily implied we're getting Jay Lethal versus Samoa Joe at some point yeah which is gonna yeah just be Joe destroying Jay Lethal well speaking of Samoa Joe uh, he's kicked off this week's Dynamite we're getting straight into Samoa Joe versus the Joker for our first Owen Hart semi-final quarter-final is this the quarter-final <laughs> uh, semi Semi- no quarter. quarter finance the first the last last men's quarter final, wasn't it? Um no <laughs> the Joker after a little bit of um music plays, little video package, a little um, video screen, it announces Johnny Elite. Now a lot of people, myself included, initially didn't know if that was Johnny I, Gargano. My my actual reaction to this was I saw Johnny Johnny Elite. And I had two things going through my head. I was like, please be Johnny Gargano. Please be Johnny Gargano. And then I was also, oh God, it's gonna it's gonna be John Morrison, because that's his thing. And sadly it was the I mean it's not that's not a bad thing, John Morrison's it was, a, John Morrison's a fine performer. Yeah, it was just I think I think the problem is everyone kind of like built it up in the head that it was gonna be Gargano. Ourselves included. Well, especially um, when they put up Johnny Elite, because like you know, Johnny Drake. Wrestling, Johnny yeah. Takeover—that was his kind of gimmick, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I'm kind of glad though that it was like it wasn't Johnny Gargano, but at the same time, I, my other kind of—I spoke about this on the news with Aaron. My other kind of criticism of it was I just wasn't really that asked about Johnny. Well, Elite. in fairness to AEW. One, they didn't say this was going to be like a big superstar debut. No. And two, he hasn't actually signed a contract. He just came in to do some matches. Oh, yeah, no, I just, I, I mean, 
I'd almost say I picked me personally, I would have been excited, more excited for the other surprise debut we got this week. That was much better, the women's one. I enjoyed a lot more. But no, this I'm, one... not even, I'm not even talking about the women's one. I'm talking about the other surprise debut we got this week on Rampage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was also very fun. Yeah, I, I would have... I think I would have enjoyed seeing him and Joe go at it a bit more than Joe Morrison or yeah. Joe and Tony Lee. But, I mean, it was a fine match. Yeah, the match was fun. Um, Joe mostly in control because he's Joe. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they how they handle Joe in the last stages of this tournament because he's been very protected since he came to AW. I think that my my theory is that Kyle O'Reilly is going to win by. Well, they they did like the injury angle didn't they after the match? Yeah. So I I think they're gonna that they're gonna play that arm injury into. And you can have a lethal fuck around in the match, can't you? And like distract him or something. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be something sort of happen. Yeah, so Joe Joe basically dominates for the most part. I mean Johnny gets a few bits in. Um including he gets a four fifty. Yeah. Um well you say he gets it. Doesn't, doesn't quite get all of it, no. And then there was the there was the fucking dive to the outside where like the camera goes on him. He's like, Joe, move that way. <laughs> it's like, dude, my dude, you're on television. You know you're on television. You know when you're up there, the camera's gonna be on you. Maybe don't fucking Call do it brazenly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I the thing with me is I've never really been a huge Johnny Mundo Elite Morrison, whatever you want to call him, fan. I've never. I, I don't think he's a bad wrestler. He's just never really done it for me. Right. So if if I was, he never really did it for me in WWE. I was never a big Morrison guy. I really quite liked Johnny Mundo in Lucha Underground. I think yeah. that was, I think that was probably for me his high point. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree there. He was definitely a bit more compelling, but at the same time, he's also kind of like he's never really changed up what he does. I mean, Johnny Drip Drip can fuck off. Oh, I can get in the seat. Um, he's ne- but he's never really differentiated too much from the John Morrison character. No, and then this, the, this, the only this, difference being he's kind of like he's drifted this, away from the doors, inspired John Morrison. He's got more of just being like generic John Morrison. Yeah, and there is obviously his his best his best role, which was as Salty the Sack Johnson in um, Glow. Yeah, where he taught all the women how to wrestle. That was that was great. That was good. So yeah, so the match finishes. Um, so Johnny hits a, a four fifty, gets a near fall, goes for Starship Pain, but Joe blocks with the knees, and then Joe just gives him a muscle buster, and that's it. It's over. That muscle buster reversal early in the match was pretty good as well. Yeah, where like Joe as he was, it was pretty much as Joe was going down, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It looks. I mean, he's he's, 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 he's he is he is and remains an incredible athlete. Um, oh yeah, John Hennigan or whatever you want to call him. His gimmick is just man who does the parkour. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Like I've, I saw a video once we're doing like one-handed press-ups. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> it's like it's nuts. Uh yeah, so yeah, I just say after the match, um the books come out. Uh, sorry, Jay Lethal comes out, sorry, and they beat up Joe, injuring his arm. And then Rocky And then Rocky Romero and the best friends come out to make the save. So yeah, there's there's, there's a little there's a little bit of a sort of faction war going on there, isn't there? It's quite nice. They, to be fair, they could actually, uh, like I was saying, they could do Joe versus Lethal for the TV title. I 
I've kind of, I, I, I'm not 100% certain of this, but I've started to convince myself that there's going to be some kind of Ring of Honor announcement this weekend. Yeah. Or, like, not necessarily on the pay-per-view, could be on, like, the fan fest thing they're doing, but I do think that at some point this weekend we're going to find out a little bit more about Ring of Honor and going back to weekly TV or the next pay-per-view or whatever. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like they're one, integrating it into AW to the point where they're going to do something with it. Now they're ramping it up, but so only. One interesting thing that I, I saw this morning, which obviously because All In was a Ring of Honor owned property and now AW own the rights to All In. Yeah. Is that today on Pro Wrestling Tees, All In merchandise was re-released. Oh, nice. Cool. So whether that's maybe the first Ring of Honor show proper under Tony Khan back. Because um, like, the thing with Supercard was it did it it definitely did feel like a transitional show. Yeah, and it was it was so weird that, because it was like that's it, not to take anything away from it because I thought it was a fucking awesome show. It was one of my favorite shows this year. It was fantastic, but it wasn't set up by AW. It was already announced and booked before the purchase happened, wasn't it? So mm. AW, had, AW had I mean Tony booked the matches of eventually, but they, he had no control over where or when the event happened. Yeah, because they already had uh, they already had Bandido and. Gresham announced they already had a Ninja Mac in action announced and Joe Henry in action and they also had Swerve and Alex Zane announced so which is kind of like working around that yeah uh, but I, I feel like it would be really cool especially for especially for like AEW if may, maybe um, the day before All Out like Almost like an NXT takeover, they do all in as like the first ROH show officially under Tony Khan's control. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do definitely think we're going to be getting some form of an announcement regarding Ring of Honor within the next, like, if not this weekend, definitely within the next month. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. But based on, especially based on like comments that Jonathan Gresham has made, um. In regards to like saying that he's winding down his indie dates um, because he's going to be working a little bit more with Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor is imminently coming back. Yeah. Um. So maybe to go back to my initial point, maybe they'll do a six-man tag with like Joe and Rapongi Vice or Joe and Best Friends or whatever versus um, Lethal, uh, Sunjay and Sat- Satnam. And then that way, it kind of it, it gives Satnam a debut match where he's protected enough that he can kind of kind of like the way WWE did with uh, Omos. Yeah. Where AJ did the leg work and then Omos tagged in, did all this giant stuff, and everyone was like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. And then a year later, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like maybe maybe that's the way that you could go with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then next up. We had the books back. Uh, Jeff Hardy backstage, made it clear the young books asked him not to compete in the match, which is obviously the sort of the, getting down the road to, to where they're going with the books and the Hardys. Um, not really big to talk about there. Uh, CM Punk out on commentary for the next match, and oh boy, what a match! Oh, this, this I'm I'm just gonna say it straight off the bat. This was my high. This was my highlight. This was, was so immense. good. So this was Adam Page versus Kensuke Skate Dikeshta. Uh, is he the current DDT Pro Champ or the former? Uh, former, I think he lost it um, upon like going to uh, going from Japan to America. He lost oh, it. Fair. 
Um, <laughs> did you see on Twitter? Like th- this was kind of like the match which was put to Kester on the map for AW, isn't it? Like, yeah. On, on Twitter, fans were fucking losing their mind. Going, can can we keep the Kester? We'll give you Sammy Guevara and stuff like that. <laughs> Just send Sammy back because you didn't notice. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh god. I mean, I don't know if you can. Like, at some point earlier on this match, I'm pretty sure Jr. called him a man from the Orient. He did. He did. Oh boy. Um, Yikes. Um, but I mean, how good is the catch to them? And fuck me, he is. He is. I was, he is uh, money. Yeah, I put on the, um, the Discord that he's. I think I'm. I think I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago as well. He reminds me of kind of like a cross of a Carter and a Bushi. Yeah, like he's got like the finesse of a Carter, but then he's got like the sort of agility and acrobatics, like talent of a Bushi as well. And the hair of Tanahashi, and he's he's getting to the hair of Tanahashi, throwing it out. <laughs> it's like it's like someone it's like someone made their own like a really it's like a New Japan superfan like made a custom wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> of like of like all of their favorite bits of their favorite wrestlers, and it's just... like someone's gone. Who's the three best wrestlers in Japan? I was probably these three guys. All right, let's just make one. <laughs> yeah, um, nah, Takesh is going to be a fucking star man, and like we're a month out away from Takesh versus Daniel Garcia or PWG. Oh. Cannot wait for that. Um, but, like, I, I mean, do you reckon they're going to do more with Takeshita? It feels like they're really kind of like. They're pushing him a lot, aren't they? Which is great. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to see him as TNT champ. Oh, you could give him a little run, couldn't you? Just give him. I, there's, there's a lot of people on Twitter at the moment that I've seen. Because um, he's, mo- he's over for a long time, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he's and he's doing work all over the place as well. He's not just like restricted to AW as, as I mentioned PWG. Um, he's been in Deadlock Pro as well. He's had a few matches there, which yeah. is a prom- I really want to check out. Um, that he's, like he's, a- he's been in Cinnabon a lot. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he's still he- fucking abs. He's, he's been eating a lot of Cinnabon while he's here, which has been beautiful to see. Maybe we come to Liverpool, we can take him to the new one uh, down down by the Central. Oh, I'd love uh, that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a chat with uh, with some some people. <laughs> to get him booked. Um, um, but yeah, it, it was insane. Um, there was a lot of El Generico moves from Takeshita as well. Blue Thunder Bombs, uh, some Yakuza kicks. Well, did you hear the little tidbit that Excalibur had on commentary? He said he was one of the orphans. No, um, he said that Takeshita's first ever match was against El Generico. Oh, it's okay. He, de- he debuted, I think it was he debuted in a tag match where, oh, he was either teaming with El Generico or he was against El Generico. And legend has it, he grew up in the orphanage that El Generico went off I mean, to save. He may well have been, rest in peace, El Generico. Um, gone too soon. Uh, I love that fucking cannon in every round. <laughs> I mean, there was a bit in the middle of the match where they literally just chopped the fuck out of each other as well, which was great. Yeah, there was a lot of Haluva kicks as well. Um, as the aforementioned Blue Thunderbomb. There was a few moments where they made it feel like Takeshita could have beat Hangman. Yeah, well, it was that bit, wasn't it? When, um, yeah, it was um, when Punk, when, when Hangman looked at Punk before he hit the bookshot and then missed it because he was, because Punk's in his head. That's, that's, yeah, that's the, all they're playing it, aren't they? The Punk shot. The punk shot Lariat. And then Takeshi dodged it. And he hit like I think it was like a forearm, then a power bomb, and then that that running knee. Yeah, but not the not the jump and neither running knee. Yeah. Um, and then there was that awesome um 
like thing that played into the finish where Hangman like blocked the uh, jumping knee by just basically forearming to Kester in the shit. Oh, before we get into the finish, can we talk about that like sort of delayed German suplex as well? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, this suplex that, is so good. That false be floppy did as well. Like that that was what like me like made me draw the comparison with the Bushi because mm. I've seen anyone like get that kind of almost like that feeling of like the floating through like air as they're like doing a doing like a dive. The only other person other than a Bushi that I could really put my finger on who may have, have it is a, is AJ. Well, I mean, when you say AJ, you mean like AJ like 10 years ago? Yeah. So I mean, he, do, he ain't doing that no more. He still does. Not, 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 not that well. He still can. He doesn't, he doesn't clear the ropes with that much that much give anymore. It's like, it's like half the distance over the ropes that he used to get. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, fair play, guys, his mid-40s. You know, he's doing fine. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I... I um, oh, he's just so fucking good, isn't he? He's, he's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Strap him up, Tony. There was that bit as well when um, Hangman put Takeshi on the top um, and he was going for a superplex. Takeshi just went, fuck off, because Larry to him off the top off the top rope. And they both just yeah. like, collapsed to the mat. That was incredible. And then Paige hits the punch shot Lariat. And then looking at CM Punk, he hits GTS for the win. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of this um, GTS. So I've, I've walked it a few times and you had an issue with it not looking too good. I think it's more on Takeshita for the way he took it because he didn't bounce backwards. He just sort of fell forwards, didn't he? Well, it looked it looked almost like, yeah, because it looked like Hangman just kind of dropped him onto his knee as opposed to like bringing him over and bringing his knee up. Almost like, a, it was almost like a gut buster as opposed to a GCS. Yeah, but I think I think it was more on Takeshita the way he sold it. Like he didn't like, normally take the GTS, you like sort of flick up backwards and like land on your back, whereas he just sort of like took it and like rolled onto his stomach on the front. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so he kind of sat no, he didn't think he, I'm not saying he sandbagged it, but I'm just saying he maybe didn't quite take it properly. I mean yeah, the match it looked it was it looked all right. It looked fine to me. The match was phenomenal. Um, oh yeah, the match was amazing. They've really like they've really gone mad on Takeshita. like not mad, but they've really they're really big on him on it. They're really pushing him hard, they're giving him really good matches. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I want to. I'm definitely going to check out some of the stuff he's been doing in Deadlock. Um, I know he wrestled uh, Adam Brooks, who's uh, Australian wrestler who's a PWG alumni. Oh, yeah. um, on Deadlock this week, so that should be good. Um, but yeah, if if anyone hasn't familiarised themselves with Takeshi yet, I think now is a good time to start. And then throughout the match, uh, as Paige is walking up ramp in victory, Punk gets in his face, they sort of shout at each other. It's just simmering away nicely. This I mean, obviously with, with it the way the match is set up, it's like two faces effectively. There isn't gonna be like a big blood feud in this. It's not gonna be like Punk MJF where they're beating the shit out of each other the week before the show or anything like that. But it's just simmering nicely. I think all it all it's gonna do, it's just gotta create the atmosphere at the pay-per-view where we think someone could turn heel. Yeah, I like the fact that neither man has actually like touched yet. Yeah. Like it, it's something Punk's done really well since he's come back in all his feuds. Where, with the exception of the Eddie Kingston one, where there was like a fucking blood, like blood feud, they were trying to kill each other. Um, where he's not, he's never really needed to. No, even the MJF one, they mostly kept apart, didn't they? Until until, until the match. like the go home show, yeah. If like kill him, <laughs> but yeah, like it. I like the fact that. 
it's building up the kind of like palpability to if that's the right if that's if that's a word um to like kind of get it where you, you're going to be able to cut a fucking knife through the tension in that room yeah in the ring together it, it'll, it'll give it a real good main event feel by the time by the time it rolls around on something yes yeah. yeah, stuff uh, right then, next up, Fuego del Sol caught at the House of Black. He was backed up by Evil Uno and 10, so that's going to set up a six-man tag. Fuego's in danger. Fuego is in danger. And then we had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus the Workhorseman. First of all, love to see the Workhorseman back. Um, yep. yeah. Anthony Henry's really good. I really enjoy him. Jenny Drake's always a treat, as always. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite a nice pairing because you had like the in both on both teams, you had like the bigger guy and then the slightly more like the, the quicker, more sort of athletic guy. And it, they, they worked off each other quite I mean, it wasn't a long match, but for what little time they had in the ring together, they worked off each other quite well. Um, mm-hmm. And as a special treat, we got to see Swerve and Keith Lee hit their double team finisher, which is fucking lovely. Yeah, I, I love that finisher. It's fucking great, isn't it? Just so for anyone who's not aware, it's um, Keith Lee giving them a spirit bomb whilst as they come down, Swear just double stops them. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, then like re- even like even like in the match after like Swerve landed the double stop, he sort of rolled forward, like stood up and took a bow. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> it, was, hey, it was so good. Like when I was watching it, because like the thing is with like Keith and Swerve is they're just so they're just so like cool, aren't they? Anyway, yeah. And like this little things that swear does you just go, oh man, like the guy gets it. Like um when we were watching the uh Karen Wa swear match, and I was saying to you, like, because I obviously I went that show, and I was saying to you, like, I've got a whole new level of appreciation for that match because of like little things that Swerve was doing in the ring with his facial expressions and stuff like that. Yeah. Little mannerisms he does. And that was like a really good example of where he's He's just so fucking like clever at shit like that. And also, that must have been really fucking hard to time that well with where he bowed yeah. on like three. Yeah, it was it was well done. Uh, so after the match, Keith Lee gets on the mic and announces that with that victory, they're now ranked in the top five and they can challenge for the belts. So then Team Taz's music hits, they come out. <laughs> Ricky Starks calls Keith Lee Rex from Toy Story. Oh, that was fucking great. It says they don't deserve a shot um, because he just beat Jungle Boy. And Swerve says, says to Starks that he's a bar of soap with a gold chain. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, Jurassic Express come out. Uh, Christian basically sets up a triple threat match at double or nothing uh, for the titles, which is going to be hype. And But to, top, to, 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 to wet the whistle, we're having Swerve beat Jungle Boy beat Starks next week on Dynamite. Do you reckon... On Rampage, we should get the three-man house fight. Oh, I don't, the world could take that. I think we should. I'd like that. Yeah, it's just Luke. Just, oh yeah, yeah. As I say, Luke just always had a singles match. He ever his water, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. I think of. I, I like. I'd like it if they, if they did like. They're obviously they've got like this sort of three finesse guys, in the ring, the three kind of like guys who can just go. And they're going to get like the three horses who can also go, but in a different in a different manner. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? How like how almost how very different, but how very similar these three teams all are. Yeah, which I didn't realize until they'd separated them like that. Yeah, and it's like oh shit, actually, yeah, these these are like mirror images of each other. It's really cool. Uh, next up, then Tony Schiavone backstage, uh, basically just setting up for Chris Statlander versus Red Velvet on Rampage. Yeah, 
was nice. Um, Jade comes in and sort of gets Velvet away from there, sort of tells Tony to cut the shit because why not? Yeah, cut the shit, Tony. Um, now, next up, we have the Wardlow 10 Lashes segment. Ooh. Which was, this was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think I like the fact that it was done better than like Cody's. Well, so when Cody did this like a few years back, it was basically like the Passion of the Christ, wasn't it? He was like, yeah, he was on the floor like screaming, and like the young bucks came out and dust came out to make sure he was okay. Whereas it was like, Ward- a proper, Ward- like it was like a proper like old school like mid south wrestling fucking like you'd see this all like Georgia Championship wrestling or one of the territories Dusty was I mean, with. Yeah, like, this was this was some dusty as shit. Segment. This, this on the other hand was just Wardland no selling. Like that, that's yeah. I, I like the fact that the parallels are obviously going to be there with the Cody feud because I think they always had to be. Yeah, because Wardlow was kind of like the sort of like mid-level boss of the MJF feud with Cody, and then like obviously, like now it's the, almost like the tables have turned. So basically, um, it goes all the way up. MJF can't get any reaction out of Wardlow. He gives Spears the belt to have a go. Still nothing. Gets to number nine and Wardlow sort of winces a bit. He's, it's, you know, and you can see on his back, like his back is fucked. Yeah. Like number it nine, the one where it hit him in like the back of the head, wasn't it? Yeah. So then as MJF goes to number 10, before he hits him with the belt, he kicks him in the balls. He drops Wardlow to the floor and then he, hit, he just lashes him like loads while he's on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then he, push, he punches him with the dynamite diamond ring. And then Spears hits a C4. Goes for a pin and like um, MJF mockingly does a free count and they, they treat it as though because obviously Wardlow's fighting Spears next week in the cage and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, really, really fun segment. It puts Wardlow over huge as a fucking monster, like as a good guy monster because he was and he was he was hot as fuck here. Yeah, the crowd went mad for him. Yeah, Wardlow. I think Wardlow's going to be champion by like next year. Oh, also point out as well when when Wardlow comes out, he comes out to no music and the screen. The, the the video screen says Boo Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. Yeah. Um it's it's phenomenal. They're, they're doing this absolutely perfectly, aren't they? Like he is like we said we, we called this a couple of weeks ago. This is this is the, the new version. this is like the twenty twenty two version of Austin B. Man. Yeah. Did you see the tweet that John Ross put out about um about this feud, which I'm 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 sold. No, no. He said, when Wardlow beats MJF, Wardlow's entrance music should be Warpigs. Yes. And he, but, I, I'm, I'm hoping Tony Khan just read that and gone. Do it, Tony. Get your check mm-hmm. Give um If you have to, give Where's My Man back and just trade it for that. It's fine. I mean, if you, if you can't like get the fucking Black Sabbath version, just like stump out the fake normal version instead, it's fine. I'll just get Ruckus to do it. Something equivalent to Ru- yeah. Warpigs. <laughs> You can do that in a day, no problem. Easy. Get Ruckus to just do a cover of it. Uh, oh, to get Ruckus to do a cover of that live, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do that. Do that instead. Um, right, next up, we had Rocky Romero and Trent announcing that Rapongi Vice were officially back together full-time, which led into Chuck- one of my favourite BTE segments ever. Oh, yeah. Chuck, Ta- Chuck Taylor's in Twitter as well. Where, like literally live reacted to it. Yeah, he's like, I think Trent just broke up with me on TV. Yeah. Um, he said that, and then what was the other thing he said? Oh, um, 
But yeah, do you, do you want to talk about the BT segment while I'm looking yes, at this? Yes, so it's so cool. A couple of weeks ago, they showed the segment of Chuck because they had that like best friendship though. They were like all the different skulls of them on, on the shirt. So they had a segment where Chuck cut Yuta's skull out and it was like over his nipple. So he just sat up with the shirt on with a hole where his nipple is, like where Yuta's face was. So that you see him like watching this on his phone and then he cuts out Trent out the same shirt. So it's just got two holes in it now. And then as he's like sat there all forlorn, uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver pop out. And like, oh, how's how's it going, man? Do you need do you need a friend or whatever? And like, and then a, th- a proper throwback to the early days of AW when Chuck Taylor called the Dark Order spooky perverts. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he like sort of like nervous. He's like, are, are you still spooky? And they're like, oh yeah, we're still spooky. He's like, are, are you still perverts? And he's like, oh yeah. And John Silver's like, I'll grab your dick right now. And so yeah, like they, they basically offered to, to teach him things and, and take him. I don't know how much if it's going to play into any sort of AW storyline or whether it's just going to be some mad BT bits. But it was fucking hilarious. Uh, but yeah, the upshot of this is um, they want to challenge tag titles, so they're challenging FTR first up for the Ring of Honor tag titles. So yeah, we're going to get that next next week, I think. Did you say? Um. E- yes. Uh, oh, yeah. It's um. It's on this week. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Chuck, Chuck said there that, and then you've been basically trying to join the House of Black for the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he said, um, oh, he's, he's took it off the thing. Um, has he? No, he hasn't. He said, he, he said that, and then uh, Trump was saying they were doing a, a BTA, BT mailbag or something. Which never actually aired on BT, did it? No, no, it wasn't there. And then Chuck put, Greg just dumped me on live TV, asked me anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, next up, if you like absolute banger matches, how about Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly? Oh, that was fun. That was real fun. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly looked like a fucking star in this match. Again, I, so I, this match had a very, a very sort of clear story so a lot of it was just Kyle O'Reilly just wearing Phoenix down with like horrible shit like just kicking him in the thighs and like stretching his muscles bending things the wrong way it was like it was like um I said to you it was a bit like um that bit in Game of Thrones where like uh Oberyn's trying to stab and poison the mountain to death before he like beats him and he's just like inflicting all these like little nasty wounds on him and it's like yeah. that's what Kyle was doing he was just picking Phoenix apart just trying to take his knees out take his ankles out take his elbows out and, and you could see it was it was having an effect on Phoenix. But every time he did it, it limited Phoenix a little bit more in terms of what he could do in the ring. Yeah, there was a few things, times where Phoenix went for like signature stuff and he couldn't do it because like he went for the um, the sort of like the wheel kick thing he does, where he like spins through the ropes and then turns it into a wheel kick. Um, and he couldn't because like gave in as he like landed back on his feet. Yeah, um, it, it was fantastic. Like I said, you if Kyle was a Pokemon, he'd be like poison slash fighting. Yeah. Um, one thing that was cool. Have you seen the uh, the road to dynamite with the like little build up to this match? Yes. Yeah. Where Kyle's talking about like styles in wrestling, he's like the one style I just can't seem to like find an answer to is lucha libre. Um, and obviously he did in this match, which was which is cool because like it it shows that Kyle O'Reilly's a thinking man's wrestler. Like he had to kind of figure out a formula. Yeah, he had to adapt like during the match and sort of yeah. work it out as he went, which was which was super yeah. cool. Because he was high, like he was going on about all like high flyers and in particular like lucha libre style. It's a lot like it's very unpredictable style. Like it's all about like like taking risks and 
but it's there's also like the technical aspect and um it it was cool that he kind of as as we say he, he had to kind of like adapt on the fly and like pick his spots to kind of stop Phoenix from just and do you know why Kyle won in the end? Because he maintained risk control. Did he did? I like the fact that he's getting the uh, the leg trap there, um, the leg trap there, like armbar thing in in a lot more. Yeah, and it was a big win as well. Like the tap out Phoenix was was, was pretty shocking. He he won by roll, didn't he? No, no, it was tap out. It looked like yeah, yeah. He he tapped him out. I don't know why I thought you won by roll. Anyway, uh, yeah, but it, it's a big victory for Kyle O'Reilly. I think I I think I said this to you. I think the final's gonna be Colin O'Reilly. Because it's a good way for AW to kind of obviously there's the whole elephant in the room that Colin O'Reilly have wrestled each other everywhere they've worked. Yeah. And they've they've literally just gone from having like a a bullet feud in NXT to minus the blood um, to um, not PG pal to, to like having this uneasy alliance in AW and they've done a really clever job of kind of addressing that and I think this might be another way to sort of reference that without I don't think any, um, if, if they do face each other in this find the final scene I don't think anything could come out of it initially I think it'll just plant the seed for something like a year down oh yeah sense. it's going to plant the seed for when Cole eventually turns on him and we get like Kyle Riley Cole for like the millionth fucking time then cool Kyle comes back now nah, well we won't get cool Kyle but they've got orange Kyle, <laughs> we, got, we got the proper one it's fine we don't, we don't, need, we don't need cool Kyle um, plus Kyle Riley said he hated that he didn't feel comfortable doing it at all <laughs> um but I, I I think it it's a good way to kind of just like two guys that people have kind of criticized the booking of since they've both come to AEW. Um, which is, is wild to me because I mean Adam Cole's main event of the pay-per-view. Yeah. And was it was it not his first? Was it his, it was Revolution, wasn't it? So it wasn't his first. It was his, his second pay-per-view in the company, his main event for a title shot. Yeah. Is third he's going to be in the finals of a tournament. Yeah, the but first ever tournament. They're booking him fucking awfully. How dare they? <laughs> um, but they're wasting him. They're not doing anything with him. Well, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, like, literally his second pay-per-view and he's going to be in, he could be in the finals of a tournament. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that seems to me it's, like... It's, his first pay-per-view is an attack title match. Yeah. And that, that seems to me to be, like, the kind of, the best case scenario. I think, Joe, Joe losing to Cole would have to be a clean loss because of the way the tournament is. Whereas Joe losing to Kyle O'Reilly in the semi-finals doesn't have to be the clean. Yeah, loss. it's not on paper. They can do the fuckery there and then have Kyle and Cole just do an exhibition match. You know, yeah. Which right. is what I think maybe maybe does. maybe maybe you have Cole go a little bit too far to win, and that sort of plants the seed. Yeah, but it'd be, it, it's also a good kind of like, it's a good way to kind of bookend the tournament where one of the first qualifiers in the tournament was the FDR match. Yeah. Against each other. And then in the finals, it's it's Cole versus his, his friend and like uh, stablemate Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and, only, like, there's, only, there's only symmetry there. Yeah, and it's a good way as well to kind of like acknowledge the fact that they're not just ignoring the history they've got 
by putting them in the in, like reforming the undisputed era essentially, but also keeping the tension there just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Of, just just turn the heat up on it a little tiny bit. Yeah, it's start a bubble, but not quite because I think this is like, it's, be... it's, it's just going to lay the groundwork. It's just going to be like when 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 it all kicks off. You'll look I, back, like Carlo, look back at this and be like, "Hang on, this is when it probably started." I I get I get the impression this is going to be like one of the next like long term storylines because it makes sense. It well, makes Carl, Carl just sense. said, "Hasn't he signed a five year deal?" Yeah, and I, I imagine Cole's probably going to be there as long as Brit. Yeah, Brit's Brit's got a long time left on her deal. So yeah, so they've got plenty of time to play this out, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, right then, moving on. We had the Blackpool Combat Club having a face-off with Jericho Appreciation Society. So BCC come out first. For over 10 weeks. For over 10 weeks. Is it 10 Jericho weeks or 11 weeks now? I've lost count. I don't know, but still, this is great, isn't it? Yeah. Jericho Society. Forums. Sports. Entertainment. So Jericho's just got no chill here. Um, he's basically... No. He fucking tears into everybody. I, I mean... I've seen a lot of people fucking kicking off about this on online. My my viewpoint is, I reckon all of them would have had, had it like ran past them by. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. He basically would, says would that have, like Regal hundred percent locks of cared. Um. So yeah, he basically says Regal should have been a ten time champion, but he's just a ten time addict. Um. And the basically he talked he talked about the uh, being in rehab. He just basically said that. Uh, Danielson is going to get fed disco biscuits by Regal <laughs> and whiskey, which is great. Uh, then Regal got on the mic, and um, well, first of all, he said Jericho's voice was only slightly better than hearing an orphanage burning down, <laughs> which was great. And then he said, over the last 21 years, he's had many moments with Chris Jericho, but one thing that he did every night, Jericho was out in the ring, he put his two push up his bum. Yeah, and, and as if and as if to, to cap this off perfectly, it was revealed at this point that Eddie Kingston just had a toothbrush in his mouth. Yeah, and also Daniel Garcia then was like gets really angry. <laughs> Regal just goes, "Oh, don't worry, sweetheart, I did it to yours last night." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, so then Jericho challenged them to Stadium Stampede, and Moxie's like, "No, fuck that bullshit. We ain't doing that nonsense." Did he actually say "fuck that"? Basically, yeah. It, it maybe not quite those words. He, I think he said they were quote not doing that shit. I think it was his exact words. He did say that, but I, I could have sworn he said, fuck that. <laughs> Moxie's allowed to do the, the F word. We, we know that now, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, Moxie's like, nah, we ain't doing that. She ain't doing your shit. We ain't doing it your way. We ain't doing your nonsense. We're doing it wrestling style. So they're doing it um, live in front of the fans. So, so I think it is. It's a no-holds-barred match, but it's just in the ring, in the arena, not in like the stadium. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine... Every pay per view recently, they've had like one kind of just like all brawl, haven't they? Yeah, where they can go everywhere, whatever. I imagine that's this. And this'll also, like, this will be like before the, this'll be like before the main event is like a palate cleanser. Yeah, it, it's also it. It's good in a way that doing this now because it means like in a couple of weeks when it escalates, real can shell blood and guts. Yeah, which is what. We know for a fact that's leading to this, don't we? Well, yeah, know. but like, like we said, they can't do it at the pay-per-view because then they'd have to have two rings set up for the whole show and that'd be weird. Pay-per-view. WCW, did they? They'll do it for an... Yeah, but where are they now, mate? Come on. Play the game. 
That's true. That's true. Uh, right then. Next up, we have. Oh, and sorry. Yeah, there was a bit of a um, infighting as well, wasn't it, between Jericho, uh, between Danson and Kingston towards the end. Um. Yeah, there was where like Eddie said Eddie called him a prick, didn't he? And then went to go after after them. Yeah, and that stopped them. And then Eddie kind of like had a little bit of a shoving contest. With that can they coexist? Yeah, they can. Right next they- up, we have Britt Baker over her match against the Joker, and we called it. I mean, right. So I, I'll, I'll I, I, we will a take credit for calling this right, but then b I will take some of that credit off myself because as soon as Johnny um, Lee came out at the start I became instantly convinced that it was going to be Ty Valkyrie you did and that we'd done totally done some kind of package deal for the two of them yeah I reckon she's going to show up eventually though it just seemed like it just seemed nailed on it was like if you get Johnny you get tired, like it's it's like a, a package thing. But I was made up for. I mean, we, this was this was always a strong possibility given the travel situation. But it was Makito, which was phenomenal. Yeah, and the fucking pop that Maki got as well. So we didn't enjoy her singing. We're gonna have to have stern words at some point well, about that. Um, yeah, you need you need to fucking chat with her about that one. But hey, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, it's and and they 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 referenced her last appearance so well as well so like she hugged Britt because obviously last time they were tag team partners mm. and then she sort of intimated that she was going to it was going to be a thing of a doom scenario she was going to lay down take the pin and then as Britt went for t- t- to give her the pin she's um, she rolled her up and very nearly got the win which was cool then um, she flipped Britt off and then yeah they got into the match which was great a really fun match Mackie got to do all her, her little spots which was fantastic yeah. Um, yeah, there, there was a. It, this match was weird because it wasn't super long. No. But it it just worked. It was just it was, fun. It was just absolute yeah. fun. Like Brit, I didn't think Brit could. Well, I did maybe, but I've never, I've never, oh, but I've never seen Brit work a match in this style before, and it was great to see. Yeah. Yeah, she usually get allowed to have like a little bit more time to kind of let the matches breathe, and she wears. This was kind of like fast, a little bit frenetic. Yeah. Um, there's a really good shot on the top turnbuckle where like um, Brit like went to throw like throw Mackie's head into the turnbuckle, and Mackie stops and looks directly into the camera, which is just great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it, it was a fucking really fun match, wasn't it? Oh, it, was, uh, it was great and so to, uh, we could talk about it earlier but obviously Takesh has been putting up pictures of him in, in America there's a picture of him and Mackie going to uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company oh excellent for some as Mackie called it some shrimp and simp uh, I I can't wait to see Dan Housen's vlog where <laughs> got him hooking Mackie because that picture come out of yes Housen and Mackie <laughs> Dan Allison's trying to stop here from swearing, Jesus Christ. That was awesome. But yeah, it was a fun match. Um, Britt won with the lockjaw, which you'd expect. Mackie um, like tapped out. But yeah, it was, just, it was just super good fun. It was just a real nice little palate cleanser, wasn't it? It was, it was great. Yeah. Bit, we, did, we, 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 we didn't think that Britt wasn't going to win at any point, but, you know. No, and I think it, it's fine that Mackie didn't win this because, like, she can just come in. Everyone's happy to see Mackie. She's over as fuck whenever she turns up. Everyone loves her. Yeah, I, I'd quite like it to have a few more matches in AEW. I, even if they just like, even if they just like put it like, 
actually, you know, it'd be fucking perfect. Have Mackie challenge Mercedes for the ROH Women's Title. Yeah, that'd be great. Just, just something, something for them both to do on double or nothing. Just stick it on the buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, then, um, Tony was talking about the Owen Hart tournament, and next we'd be in the three-year anniversary of AW. Serena Deeb came out and interrupted, got a promo. Because um, so she was mad at Tony because Tony said that she couldn't beat Thunder Rosa, and she calls out Dustin. Dustin comes out. I mean, I was I was fucking drifting off at this point. To be fair, yeah, like the sentiment behind the promo was good. The delivery not not good at all. This went on way too long. It did. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to trash it because if I think it was important, um, and it did set up the the message that she sent. Like when she was talking about, um, well, she she said like when she was in, without saying WWE, she said that she had to get breast implants in WWE to impress all perverts so she'd get more opportunities. Um, and she shaved her head and still got no respect. Uh, but it's just the fact that she kind of like the delivery of it just wasn't good. I've said I've said this before. It's not a slight against Serena as a wrestler. She's a fucking fantastic wrestler. But she needs she needs a mouthpiece. She really does. Mm, it's just like I don't know if it's like her her voice or like her accent or her delivery. No, it's, it, it's it, almost, it almost feels like she kind of like just like sort of like stiffens up when she's like talking. Yeah, it's a shame because, like you say, the, the content of the promo was really good, um, mm. and it was like you said, it was, it was really and it was really tr- truthful as well. And it sort of yeah. had a sympathy on her as well, which was kind of cool. And the Thunder Rose comes out, and they, they sort of get into a bit of a fight, and then Serena hits Rose with the belt. So they, they've they've set the match up really well. I think they've done everything they can to sort of they've really shown us what it means to both women, which I think is quite nice. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I, as I say though, I, I just. I, I I don't know what it is with the promo. Like, the, the, especially the talking of it, it went way too long for me. Like, well, especially seeing as it made I don't know if it, that was a case of that, but the main event felt quite short. Yeah, like the main event was literally like five minutes of that. So this is Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy, um, semi final of the Owen tournament. I don't know if this is a case of Jeff Hardy. Maybe doesn't, doesn't, they don't want to put too much on Hardy before a big pay-per-view match. They don't want to, especially after what he did last week with Derby. Um, I, I think that that played in. Well, that that played into it. The fact that Cole attacked them during the belt. I personally think the reason why it was the way it was was because they were trying to leave a little bit to the imagination for when they go back and do this as like yeah a proper match because I I, I do think I do think we're probably going to get Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. As like an actual like proper longer match because this bit of a feud maybe yeah well we were talking about it last week weren't we this is like a dream match and as was Jeff and Darby and the fact that they've given two Jeff Hardy dream matches away in the tournament but they've also left like a little bit to the imagination with mm-hmm. it yeah that like, it 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 definitely feels like we're revisiting this at some point we just don't know when yeah. And, uh- that seems that seems fair. I mean, the match was fine though. It, it didn't do an awful. It didn't did an awful lot, but it did was good. As you actually say, Cole interrupts Jeff during his entrance. Um, like I said, it's almost like they need they knew they needed to get up on with it. And Cole was like, "Fuck, I need to just get him in the ring right now and get this back started." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I like 
a fave reasoning for why Matt didn't make the save as well on BT. <laughs> I liked that. That was great. That was on BT. That he was, was like, yeah. Fantastic. He's like, yeah, but when I was getting beat up, you came out and danced. So no reason. And Jeff was like, yeah, <laughs> Jeff was like, yeah, it's fair. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, basically, back and forth, and then um, Jeff hits a twist of fate, goes to the Swanton, Cole gets out of the way, hits the boom. There we go. We go home. Except we don't, because after the match. The young bucks come out and they look. They make it look like they're going to super kick the Hardys, but then Cole hits them both in behind. Um, Darby and Sting come out and make the save, but Fish and O'Reilly come out as well uh, after a bit of back and forth, including O'Reilly hitting Sting with a chair and Sting no selling it, and O'Reilly sort of like turning around in triumph and then realizing that Sting's still alive, which was great. His facial expressions they were phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly's so underrated in terms of like his facial expressions and his ability to, to like act in the ring. It's, oh, it's yeah. so good. That was one thing that was really good about him in a, in NXT was yeah. like he'd do he'd do things like sometimes even in like the background, like uh, when uh, Pete Dunne said something to Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's in the background, he just like takes his sunglasses off. He's like, "How dare you!" <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the show ends then with uh, Sting's ankle getting pulmonized by Kyle O'Reilly off the top rope. Yeah, and then uh, after that, he locks Sting in a leg bar. Yeah. Uh, or a knee bar, um, which is that like... So is that, do you reckon that's to write Sting off for the pay-per-view? I think it's to write Sting off for the pay-per-view. I think I've got the impression we're going to get at that at Dynamite next week, we're getting... Um, the undisputed elite versus Darby and the Hard. Darby Sting and the Hardies. No, no, just just like oh, just Cole, Cole fishing around. Cole and Red Dragon versus Darby and the Hardies. Oh, right, okay, yeah, I'll take a bit of that. And then when we go, well, while we're in California, they've got to do something with the books in there as well. Yeah, that's true. They, to be fair, they could do the books versus FTR too. Oh yeah. That'd be oh, right. sorry. Three. FTR. Books versus FTR3 um, for the ROH tag, tag titles. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, right then, uh, before we move on to Rampage real quick, go and hit, I mean, you already gave me a high, so do you want to yeah, just, just reconfirm that and then give me a... That's the first page. Nothing was topping that for me on that show. That was fucking incredible. I love that. Um, my low, not, as I say, not the content of the promo, but just the delivery and the length of it. Uh, the Serena Deep Thunder Rosa. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even necessarily bad. It was just, it just had a very, it just had the misfortune to be on a show that was just wall to wall great. Everything, the thing is though, every time like they've had some kind of like a thing like that where it's involving like talking, it's, it's just kind of fell flat for me. And again, I, I think. Which I hate to say, because I think she's as as a wrestler, she's one of the best wrestlers within the company. And I'm not just saying women's wrestlers; I'm saying wrestlers. Yeah. But as a talker, Serena just needs need she needs someone to like to kind of like hide that. Like, I, I don't want to say inadequacy, but you know, like that kind of weakness. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Which is what a good manager should do is is to cover it up that deficiency. I pitched Jake last week. I think he'd be perfect for it. Um, another pair, I think, would be a fucking excellent fit for her, would be Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Um, just someone who can just cut, like, say what needs to be Maybe said. Even a, a cheeky little Stokely Hathaway. Nah, Stokely needs to go with Jade. And then she can say, give 
gives down yeah. to, to Stokely. Yes, Stokely needs to basically just be like a talent agent for Jade. Well, apparently, don't, don't WWE reckon that he's going to AW when it's not compete runs out? They do, but he's also said that he's taking a break. 90 days is a break, though, isn't it? 90 days is a break, but I mean, <laughs> he said that he could, because he wasn't enjoying it in NXT, he wants to take like an extended break. Yeah. Oh, but that being said, he's really good mates with MJF. Like, true. Yeah. Really good mates with a lot of guys in AEW. I, I think he's probably going to, he'll probably end up there. I'd yeah. like to see, I think he, he, again, he's someone who would thrive there. Yeah, sorry. I'll take I'll take the same low for the same reasons again. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing. No personal like in Serena. There's nothing she did wrong. It just didn't fit. Um, and then, but I'm gonna have uh, Kyle versus Phoenix for my match tonight because that was also phenomenal. I, I like the psychology of that match a lot. Yeah, uh, as, as just the kind of like one off like. Because that, that's the thing with tournament matches; they are like exhibition matches, aren't they? Yeah, they, you can just you don't need doesn't need to be any. It, it, it always works because it's thrown together. Like it's just these two guys that they're, they're not expected to face each other, but here they are. You know, there's there's no build yeah. to this. They, they haven't prepared for this. Like you said, Kyle doesn't know how to fight Phoenix. He has to work it out during the match. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, and I, I like the fact that within the tournament, there's been these like kind of like little self-contained stories, like the. In particular, the Cole vs. Darkhawk one for me was like so far match of the tournament. Yeah, that was um, incredible. Like, really, really good. Because of like the kind of well, I grew up being a Bret Hart fan. I grew up being a Shawn Michaels fan. I'm gonna use aspects of his game. I'm gonna use aspects of his game. It's just really, it, it it's just a really good way of doing a tournament. Um, yeah. It remind, reminds me a bit of the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, kind of like, and it's just like dream matches for no reason, like just without any sort of yeah. pretense. It's just it's just some really great matches that we're just putting together for you. Yeah, but every now and again, you get like a kind of like a little underlying story within yeah. the match. Uh, right then, we'll move on to Rampage. We started out with a six-man tag, which is the you saw the setup on Dynamite. Fuego do Sol, Evil Uno, and number ten versus the House of Black. That being Malachi Black breaking Buddy Matthews, Malachi Black. So they, they put the entrances on YouTube, which are well worth watching because the House of Black's entrance is always an absolute treat. Always. Uh, and this was just really, again, because super, super good fun. Uh, everything about this was, everything worked in here. Like, you've got Brody King coming in murdering people. You've got Buddy Matthews, who... Do you know what Buddy Matthews is? He is, like, he's that like, boss in a video game that you hate to fight because he's so hard to hit. Yeah. He's, like, he's, like, that, um... Fucking level was in the new streets of rage. There's a boss, and they just literally they're just too fast. Yeah, you you, you end up fucking just like having to ship on your way to beat them. That's it. <laughs> but he's, um, he's he's smarmy and he's 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 just nasty and he's quick and he just looks dangerous for like all of those reasons. And it's it's, it's so good. Yeah, he he's really really cool. I I like that. I like his whole aesthetic. Like I remember when um when he kind of like changed his look up a bit when he was become like the um, best kept secret and he like sort of like he cut his hair a bit he had like the gear that looked like it was all like tattered and ripped up which he's still got now basically his look that he's got now yeah and it was it kind of reminded me it gave me sort of like Fallout Mad Max vibes yeah I can see that yeah in the, in the sense that it looked like he'd been like living in like a wasteland and he was like surviving off like off just sheer like grit and determination um, yeah. 
and I think now they've added that kind of like elements of him being in like the spooky voice. He, now he's like a bit more. He, he just comes a lot, across a lot more menacing. Um, but I mean, all all three, all three of the House of Black are just phenomenally talented. Yeah, and, and this match was really fun. So like you had like Fuego got the big sympathetic like beat up. Uh, Number uh, Preston Man's got the massive hot tag, took everyone out, which was great. Close nine Brody King over the ropes, which was phenomenal. Uh, Malachi Black just came in and kicked everyone, which is great. What you want, you know, <laughs> from him in, in this in this situation. Um, yeah, and then it finishes with somehow Brody King hitting a Gonzo bomb on Uno. Just because, why not? How did he get him up? Because King tries, uh, sorry, Uno tries to get Brody up for a powerbomb, and then Brody's like, nah, mate, clotheslines the shit out of him, and then comes and bombs him, and it's like, okay. Bro, Brody's just like such a thick human being, though, isn't he? Every time he moves, I'm astounded how he does it. Not just quickly, but like quite gracefully as well. Yeah, he's great. I love Brody. He's fucking phenomenal. I, is... I like the fact that they've, they've had him. So on Dark Elevation this week, he beat Alex Reynolds in a singles match. Yeah. And then um, here they've had him pick up the win, and they've really and they, they had him do like didn't they have them do a murder on uh, Fuego with a Gonzo bomb as well a few weeks ago? Oh god, yeah. Well, the one against Alex Reynolds looked filth. Like oh, they all look. Filth. Have you seen the one he did to Jungle Boy in the Indies? Yeah, yeah. Where boy looks like his neck's like just fucking broke. It, it, he's oh, he's just fucking tremendous. I love I love Brody King, um, but it feels like. It feels like they're kind of trying to elevate Brody for something else at the mm. moment. Um, the irony of a guy called Brody just doing murders on all the members. Killing the Dark, the Dark Order. Order, yeah. It's not lost on me. Uh, so, I also know that CM Punk has been rallying to get a match with Brody King. So maybe this is them. Oh, right, okay. That since pretty much like since before he was signed by AEW. So this is probably them kind of like going, all right, well, let's get Brody like elevated a bit. Um, yeah, it, it definitely seems like the heat up for something, aren't they? Which is good. Yeah, it's kind of like when they did that with the Butcher, when he was having that match with Wardlow. Yeah. And they were just having the Butcher like just tearing through people. I was like, wonder what they're doing with Butcher. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he's facing Wardlow. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so moving on after this. Death Triangle come onto the ramp. There's something on the ramp covered in cloth. Penta takes it off, and it's a tombstone with House of Black and Double or Nothing. So that is the official, I guess, announcement that it's going to be the six-man match: House of Black v Death Triangle, Double or Nothing. Bring it on! Yeah, I love it. I love it. Was it was banging on the um, on the Revolution pre-show with Redbeard, wasn't it? So it can only get yeah. better, I suppose, if you throw Phoenix back in there. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I think that's kind of gonna be like a sleeper for match of the night. I also, um, I I assume we're gonna do our predictions at the end of this podcast, but I also think that Brody King is probably going to be picking up the pinfall in that match. Right, okay, that's that's bold. Just just with the fact they're heating them up. Right, okay. Um, next up, we had a quick backstage segment of Gun Club and the acclaimed. They addressed Bowens being injured. <laughs> I loved um, Austin Gunn's like little papa. Um, <laughs> Max Casting calling Billy Daddy. Yep. <laughs> so B- Billy says once Bowens gets back, they'll have a big scissor party. Yeah. 
which is great. Um, yeah, so um, after that, Tony Sharon's backstage FTR. They accept the Kongi Vices Challenge for Dynamite. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. And then next up, we have Sean Spears. Sean Spears' Hoss Odyssey continues as he fights Big Demo. Yeah. Love Demo. It's great. Sad Warhorse, nice. Sad Warhorse. Well, Warhorse's friend, Big Demo. Yeah, but he fucking ruined him. <laughs> that the last he, he did ruin him in uh, that Black Label promo. <laughs> Go watch that if you haven't seen it. It's great. Just Warhorse. Yeah. Again, you know, not, not the biggest match, but it was cool to see him. It's cool to see Demo here. He, he did what he had to do. He, he looked like a, he did good host things. And then eventually he went for a Vader bomb and missed, which allowed Spears to hit the C4 for pick the win. So they, they're letting Spears beat all these horses, obviously, to, to give him some sort of credibility before he faces Wardlow, which was which is fine. Uh, this was this was great. Spears sold the shock, which was good. Um, yeah, this this it was just lovely to see him, wasn't it? To see Demo. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a super strong style next week now. Yeah, he's, he's, having a, he's having a good few weeks, isn't he? Good yeah, have you seen the clip of Shreddy T-Bone suplexing him? Yes. Have you, seen, yeah, have, you seen, uh, have you seen Shreddy's fighting uh, Cam for the um, I have. The initial title in, in June? I, I, I literally, um, I think I said to Faye before that show, Shreddy's taking that belt off Cam. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh God. All right, then next up, in the suit, the leap were backstage. Um, and basically, this, this was just a bit of bit, bit of positive, quite funny. But the, the, the upshot of this was the books officially challenged the Hardys to a match at double or nothing. Yeah, it's just been building. If you've been watching BT over the last few weeks, you've been obviously paying attention to the dynamite. It's been the tension's been building, hasn't it? Like, you know, if you haven't checked out the most recent BTEs, watch the one where you see Jeff Hardy singing the thong song. Yeah, at the end, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> we lost to everybody. <laughs> that one as well was, was phenomenal. Uh, right next up, Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander in the Owen Hart quarterfinal. Uh, Ruby Soho on commentary because she'll be facing the winner. And yeah, I mean, this was a great, another great match. Like, goddamn, Red Velvet's gotten really good at wrestling, hasn't she? Yeah, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, when was that? I'm trying to think what the last... the match Velvet had with Willow. Where I was, I was like, was was Velvet really the right person to win that? Because she didn't look. Well, it was. It's good how they they basically lent into that and used that as like the the sort of fuel for her fate, her heel turn. Yeah, yeah. Because her whole her whole point was like, right, you, you start yeah. booing, you start booing me, so I'm just gonna do it. Well, I'm gonna be bad anyway. Even the fact that like, even the fact that those times where like she looked like she wasn't really ready for that kind of exposure. Mm. There was a few bits where I was like, oh, she seems like... But obviously, it's, it's, it started with Britain, Pittsburgh. Mm. Oh, yeah. When she came out to the booze, and then it happened again with Willow, when she probably shouldn't have beat her, maybe. But in terms of the ongoing storyline, though, it worked really well. What do AEW expect when they're booking people against... Uh, when they're booking people against, like, uh, hometown fucking talents? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just, I, yeah. I, I, I think they, I think it feels like they always had an idea that this might happen, and this was their sort of backup plan if it did. And it's, it's... oh, they fucking didn't with the Brit one, though, did they? No, <laughs> the Brit one, they were trying to like heal her up as much as possible. Like, Brit ain't getting cheered in Britsburg, just like MJF don't get cheered in fucking Long Island. Yeah, so early in the match, uh, Velvet catches Statlander in the ring apron as she comes out the ring, which 
prompts Jericho to immediately announce her as this week's sports entertainer of the week for that. Hey. I'd yeah. say so. No, just say um, Velvet catches Statland with the ring apron and Jericho instantly awards her sports entertainer of the week for that. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, Velvet actually hits her finisher, hits the final slice, but Statland kicks out, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, Statland hits a blue thunderbomb, which never pinned anybody ever. Um, oh. And then as like the baddies and Jay Cargill look on and Sterling, um, Red Velvet goes for a roll up, but Statland reverses it, picks up the win, which surprised me a little bit, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, I mean, I I'm, I'm, I'm made up. Starting the one, her new, her new like persona looks great as well. She, her look is bang on. It looks really good. Yeah, um, it didn't surprise me that she lost that starting the one because I think the whole rep- repackaging they needed something to kind of elevate her. But yeah, I was still kind of wouldn't have minded seeing Ruby versus Red Velvet. Yeah, but Ruby Ruby versus Statman would be interesting because both faces, both yeah. sort of quite on a quite a roll at the moment. Both sort of. I still think the Ruby's ten heel at the end of this tournament. You reckon? Yeah. She, That'd be. She she was very like heelish on commentary, wasn't she? She was. Yeah, I mean, she she, she was yeah, kind I of. Mean, yeah. She didn't sound interested at all. Let's, no. let's address that. She, she, was, she, sound... was, she was quite dismissive, wasn't she? Yeah, she was like, say, like, oh yeah. Great. And she was very quick to like kind of sass Jericho and Stark as well. I mean, having said that after the match, um, Jade and, and Kira attack Statlander. Ruby goes down to make the save. But then Jade takes out Ruby. And then as she's about to um, give it Jaded, Andy J comes down to even the odds, which is, yeah, a, a, a development. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, next up, then, we had possibly the highlight of the night, which was the um, uh, Sterling niece and hook down house and training montages. Yeah, yeah, uh, this was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Dan Housen sweatpants. Um, Dan Housen on like the pull up bar, just hanging by one arm, <laughs> just yeah. not doing any pull ups. It was just and when, when, uh, instead, like when um, you see like Sterling and fucking niece having protein shakes and then Dan Housen and the hook eating a pack of chips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was this was great. Um, I, I love, I love hook Fucking excellent stuff. Right then, next up. Game, we're going straight from the high to straight to the low. I mean, there were things in this that were okay, and there were things in this that made literally no sense. So we'll 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 talk through it, and then we'll sort of uh, try and break it down. So, men of the year in the ring with Dan Lambeth, Ethan Page cuts a typically great Ethan Page promo. Yeah. Um. Then Scorpio Sky calls out Sammy. Because for some, I, I, I missed this, but apparently Sammy stole the TNT title at some point. It was, was it not after the? Uh... Must have been during the brawl at the end of. Because they had a brawl, didn't they? When Scott went Sky turned heel. Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't after after that. I think they didn't like expressly show it though on TV. I don't think, but anyway, it's fine. Um, so Sky. Ask Sammy to bring his belt, give his belt back. Sammy's on the big screen with Ty and the TNT title. He then hits it with a sledgehammer for a bit. Then Kazarian comes out and he hits it with a bit for a bit. So is 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 Kazarian a heel now? Is Sammy who's the who's the fuck who's the face in this? I hate it all. I don't understand why. So I I'm I'm glad so like smashing that belt up gets rid of one of the TNT title belts. That's fine, because there's too many of them already. Yeah. 
Hey, remember when um remember when they gave Bro uh, Brody Lee Jr. the uh, the title belt? Yeah, probably for the better. It was probably for the best at this point. Jesus Christ. As, as memoriam for his dad. And now look at the way they're treating him. It's a different to be fair, it is a different belt, like physical belt. Yeah, it is, because they give they give like, him like Tony Khan's breaking into Brody Jr.'s bedroom, smacking his belt up. Yes. Walks in, walks in one day and they just Sammy and time and sex on it. I'm like, what the fuck? No, 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 don't want that. Don't like that. <laughs> um, I, I just like. So this is just so Sammy, Sammy trying to. It's just Sammy making trying to make the match happen, isn't it? Because like he wants the match against um, Ethan Page, you know, against whoever the fuck is going to be with Ethan Page, Page Van Zandt, Page and Page, Page and Page. Um, and then you Kazarian wants a rematch against Scorpio. Yeah. The TNT title doesn't need to be wrapped up in this bullshit, though. No, like I said, they need to get it the fuck away from this, don't they? Just bring, give, put it back on Miro. It was fun, man. Well, one of the best things that I saw was uh, that one of the guys from uh, OSW mm. uh, <laughs> put a tweet out saying, at this point, all they need is Miro or Lance Archer to come in like 911 from ECW. Just murder <laughs> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Either I'm Miro come back and just like I mean, one way they could do it is fatal four way. Where it's Sammy, Scorpio, Kazarian, mystery person, mystery person with belt, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, and just fucks off. Yeah, Miro, just come back, kill them all, and we just forget this whole fucking saga happened. Okay then. Next up, you've got uh, Britt Baker and Tony Storm. Yeah, boy. Just a nice little promo. Set up the um, mm-hmm. semi-final on Dynamite next week. Which I'm looking forward to that match. Can't wait for it. Should be really good. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, right then. It's then time for the main event. Sorry, what? It's time for the main event. I'm not doing that every week. <laughs> Again, interesting. Um, you, fucking, you fucking say the catchphrase. You make sure you do it right. I, I love. I love the sort of the, the the dynamic of the team of like Danielson is like sort of has all these carefully chosen words, and Moxie's just like standing behind him like a fucking psychopath. Moxie just pacing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looked like yeah. It was. It was. It was a really cool aesthetic. Um, Sedel tries to like you know offer some sort of. Logic and then Moxie's like, Yeah, we're gonna fucking murder him. Yeah, Moxley just talking like talk the tone of this, so it's completely different. Place. <laughs> They're talking about like friendly competition and you know, you know, seeing who's the best. Moxley, I'm just gonna fucking hate you. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and then after that, we got a nice little announcement, didn't we? Anna J versus Jade. Yes, we did. Anna Jade challenged Jade for the, t- for the uh, TBS title. That's official at the pay-per-view. Hardy's for the Young Wooks is official, obviously, and also House of Black versus Death Triangle, all announced. Um, yeah, so this match... Fuck me. Yeah. This was just the murder of Matt Seidel, wasn't it? <laughs> this was just the death of Matt Seidel, yeah. Like, yeah. Just... There, there was a... Uh... I say that, like, I think Dante's been earmarked as like the next member. Well, he was mentioned, wasn't he? In the Regal conversation. Keeps, Regal keeps mentioning him on commentary, like how impressed he is with Martin and Mariotti. And he was one of the people Danielson picks to Moxley as well. He was. 
So I think um, the next the next storyline might be like because there's been like a bit of a meme. I was not like Dan, um, Dante's had all these different mentors as well. Like um, Harris has been out. Yeah. And so, like, what if what I, if he just what if well, what if he finally like, makes the right choice and joins the the murder boys? I, well, I think I think with the Blackpool Combat Club, the cool thing about it is that it doesn't have to be limited as a trio. No, it can just be a group of people, and then they just come out and because, do murder. Yeah, because they've literally at the moment they've got like Mox and Danielson who's like the kind of two mentor figures. Regal is like kind of like Professor X. So look at it like the X Men. So Regal's yeah. like, Pro- and then Mox and. Danielson are like Cyclops and Wolverine. Yeah. And then anyone... All, the, all the others are like... Are like just the students. Like yeah. The likes of... Um, the likes of Rogue. Um, Jubilee. People Jubilee. Like Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. All, all those lovely people. If you go into like the X-Men films, you've got like fucking Quicksilver. You've got, for some reason... Um, Iceman, even though he was one of the founding members, but yeah, don't it's fine. Um, Pyro, so yeah, it, it either way, it's it's a very, very cool way that like Regal's Mayor X Men's coming about. Uh, yeah, this match was great. I mean, you throw, I think, I, 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 I said to you, I think John Moxie's on the run of his career at the moment. Um, Brian Danson is probably the best wrestler in the world, Dante Martin is probably the most exciting up and coming young wrestler in the world. And Matt Seidel is probably the fourth most entertaining guy in this match, but that's not a bad thing at all. When you consider who the other three are, he's still exceptional. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's the recipe's here for a fantastic match, and that's exactly what it gives us. Um, like, Danielson looks great with anyone. You throw him in there with Seidel, he looks great. You throw him in there with Dante, he makes Dante look like a million bucks. Uh, Moxley looks like an actual murderer. Like, if, if I saw him in the streets, I think I'd be scared to approach him. Yeah, he... he- he just looked like a fucking killer, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get onto the finish because I loved this. We talked about it on Discord. Yeah. So the, the, the visual of this finish was phenomenal. Fucking Death Rider and Dante. Well, so what's happening is all the while Mox, uh, Moxie's like trying to trying to finish it off, isn't he? He's trying to get Dante in the choke or something. And Dante just loads it too quick for him. And like Sadel well, in there. That, there was that really cool spot where. Um... Dante goes for the um, for a poison runner and Mox kind of like reverses it into a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, it was exceptional. Um, he went for the nosedive as well at some point and then Danielson just took him right out of it, didn't he? Which was great. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the finish, Moxie's like trying to desperately catch um, Dante and then eventually he does, he gets him in position to sort of get him for the paradigm shift. As he's doing that, Danielson's in the background just elbowing like the corpse of Matt Sandell, who's just, <laughs> he's just he's just fucking unconscious because he's like he's he's, he's put him in a sleeper, passed him out, and now he's just elbowing the shit out of his unconscious body uh, I, <laughs> in the background. I love that visual. <laughs> as, as, uh, you, as you see that in the background in the foreground, Moxie just hits a it's, it, it's more of a death rider than paradigm shift, isn't it? Because he gets him right up. Yeah, he does the elbow strikes and then he just lifts Dante up and death riders him. Yeah, it was oh, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, so fantastic. And then the Blackpool Comic Club pick up the win as they're getting out the ring. Jericho Appreciation Society attacks them. Everything, and then Santana Ortiz King so they have a big brawl. That's when they had the post match thing with Danielson's leg getting caught in the in between the ring and the ramp, which is almost certainly a work because they showed it like repeatedly on YouTube. 
Yeah, and the fact that they like had the camera in Danielson's face while they were trying to get him out, and Mox and Regal were very calmly trying to get him out. Yeah. Uh, One thing um, I will say um, during the match, before we finish, uh, Regal was very complimentary about Dante, as you said, throughout the match. Yeah. Which is, which I, is, he was doing the same with you too, wasn't he? I think that, you know. I, I think that Dante is going to be the next one they recruit. Yeah. Then possibly Garcia from like the whole Jericho Appreciation Society thing. Save him from that. Get him as a murder boy. Um, right then. Get um, him. Okay. So before we move on, you have one or two questions. Before we move on to them, do you want to do highs and lows for Rampage before we close it up? Um, yeah, my high was the Hookhausen um, training montage. It was fucking great. <laughs> um, although I will say I did love the House of Black match as well. It was only 90 I, seconds, but what are 90 seconds? And seeing Damo, that's always, that always makes me happy. Um, except for when he's showing up and controlling narrative, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and my low was the TNT title segment because... Yeah, it's, it just it feels it's getting to the point now where I'm thinking is the whole thing just fucked? Do they need to just like forget? Do they need, do they need to um nightmare collective this and just make it go away? We need it's a nightmare collective the shit out of this when Cody fucking walked out, mate. Yeah, they had the perfect opportunity when Scorpio beat Sammy for the belt that they could just go all right now we can just talk and move along. But here we are. We've doubled down. Yeah, this is the situation we know. I'm also going to have that as my low, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to have the main event as my high because, yeah, you, you, you don't put those four guys in the main event and, and not expect fireworks, and it was it delivered. Absolutely. I, I did like this because it had all the murder boys on it. It had the spooky murder boys, and then it had the, the murder murder boys. It had, it had all your murder themes, didn't it, on this, on this rampage? It was a lot of, I mean, it was a really good week of AW. Like, they, they always do it a strong build to a pay-per-view like in the last couple of weeks, don't they? And this is no exception in terms yeah. of the sort of on, on TV, on-screen product. It was, was fantastic. Yeah, just it's just that I love that Danhausen. Love that Danhausen. Uh, live, laugh, love that Danhausen. Yeah, boy. Uh, right, next up, uh, we'll have some questions to finish. So Sarah, as always, a couple of questions. Um, can, so, I think she's trying to say, the steel cage match tonight, can Wardlow keep away from MGF? So basically, how are they going to, how are they going to separate Wardlow and MGF? So they don't give away the double or nothing match in a cage. I mean, because as Sarah says, the, the last few weeks it's been like dozens of security guards trying to keep him away from MJF, but now he's going to be in a cage. And... I think, well, it's interesting. They've got to they've got to find a way to get it to MJF. Um, counting the three, haven't they? Yeah, which I think they do the Austin thing of. MGF gets knocked out somehow and Wardlow counts with his unconscious hand. Yeah, but MGF's a wrestler, so the way he gets knocked out is by... I suppose actually he could do like the, the chair on the rope spot. Yeah, or Spears goes to hit. Spears goes... I mean, how are they going to keep him away? The answer is Spears and chairs. Yeah, that, that um, seems like the likely thing. But then, like, how do they get the stuff th- th- in? I, I can see Spears accidentally hitting MGF with a chair. Yeah. And... Wardo then F um F tening the shit or powering the shit out of Spears, possibly on the chair, and then using MGF's unconscious hand to count the three. Um, yeah. Next question then. Um also do you think there's been anything in FTR's tweets about double or nothing? Cash tweeted 
that if they win on Dynamite, how about they go to Dublin, I think. So do you think there's there's a chance for... Do you think the door's still open, even though it's late time for an FTR match on the preview? Or do you reckon we're going to give it a break? It'll be on the... They definitely should be on the preview. FTR are fucking red hot at the moment. Um, I'd, I wouldn't be against seeing them do like... Uh, do like a, um, an open challenge. Yeah, I mean, just bring, bring someone in. Like just... The beauty of the fact that we don't know the winner of um, of Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe is the the other way they could do is do Red Dragon versus FDR. Yeah, if if Joe beats O'Reilly, Joe, yeah, because then I don't think they're going to keep. I don't is, there's not a lot Red of tag Dragon teams. or Samoa Joe. There's not a lot of tag te- top tag teams available. They've got a top five, mate. Yeah, but. Two of them are in a, a triple threat match with the tight with the champions. The Hardys and the Bucks are fighting each other. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are in a, a, a multiple match. Red Dragon. Kyle O'Reilly's potentially in the final of the own tournament. Yeah, true. They could always um, always bring someone in. Considering how stacked AEW's tag division is, they don't have a lot of available tag teams to face us to FTR at this, at this juncture. But, I mean, yeah, if you want to just like grab, I don't know. They'll, they'll have it. They'll have a tag team there. They can just go. All right, go on. The Good Brothers or something. I don't know. To be honest, if, if it's on the pre-show, they could all, they could even do like use someone like Private Party or the Barsty Blondes. Yeah, just get go and get most of machine guns, mate. They're right there. Yeah, just do it, a, coward. That would be nice. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against seeing FTR at least having a fucking buy-in match because they're red hot at the moment. Yeah, uh, and then. I, I think with FTR, they, they seem to be very vocal and not um, not um, they, they seem to be very vo- vocal and not afraid to kind of of like share that publicly. Look at um, but I think that's part of the character, like that's part of the persona. I, I was going to say, look at the uh, the match they had in the Owen, where where they were like, oh yeah, they just they just kind of dropped that in and glossed over it. Uh, on TV and then as soon as they said that then all of a sudden they were getting like a 15 minute video about the match on yeah. the AW YouTube um, so I, I I think that I think they'll get something but what that might be um, I don't know but as I say right, the, the easy ones Red Dragon yeah if it all depends on, on the own uh, yeah, right but- then Last question then from Faye. Uh, when do you think they will start planting some seeds for Forbidden Door as both Rapongi Vice and FDR have mentioned the IWGP titles recently? Uh, I put your fucking house on summer card nonsense at the end of the show. I'd say if not then New Japan have got Dominion to a week later. Yeah. Dominion seems like a, lo- a logical choice. I think you'll either see... It could be two weeks later, I think. I think two things... You can, I think, either way. I think you can guarantee one of two things to show either Jay White or Okada. Jay White. Sh- showing up. Well, he has said he'll be I, a, a forbidden door, but I reckon you'll, I reckon you'll make an appearance. Of, I mean, if he, if he helps... I, I if, he help, if he helps Cole beat O'Reilly, that's another layer of intrigue, isn't it? That being said, you know, it'd be fucking great. And I'd, I'd lose my fucking mind over this. And I, I, I imagine you're probably hoping that you're going to be with me when this happens now. 
because of like the end of all it. Right, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I can see um, Punk winning, standing there with the fucking belt in the air, and then just hear the fucking coin drop and the fucking arena going into meltdown. Yep. I can honestly see that. And then whether Ricardo's there in person or whether he's on a video, just a Cardo with his title, Punk with his title, and that's all you need. Oh, no. You've got to have you've got to have in person a card. In person, a card just walk out into the ring, raise the belt. Like punk, like punk and Cena did. Like, you know, back in the summer Ra- punk. Raise the belt and just have fucking money rain down on all of them. Like actual coins, so it hurts. Yeah. Um That being said, another another thing that would be very another visual that would be very cool is punk like standing there holding the belt up and instead of conf- instead of confetti falling down. Just a card of books. <laughs> yeah. Just a card of dollars. I, th- I think you can bet money on a card of being there at the end of the show for Double or Nothing. I think. They like to do a big moment, don't they, at the end of the pay per view? Yeah. Um, and nothing nothing will set up. Nothing will, I mean, it's already sold out. It doesn't matter, but nothing will set the hype for Forbidden Door into overload more than a card yeah, of showing up the challenge punk. It hasn't sold out. Well, it's practically all the 20 shits he's left. They've they've got um they've got two thousand seats left. They've released two thousand more seats. Yeah, restricted view for entrances. Yeah, don't worry about it. <sighs> uh, right then, before we finish, we'll just do a quick, um, quick and dirty predictions for the show. I think we think we're pretty much there for the cards. It's showing ten matches on um, Wikipedia, with nine being on the main show, one on the pre-show. Yeah, um, yeah, I I, I I think they will add one or two more. I just don't know what. 12 match, a 12 match card, mate. Are you fucking insane? What do you think? This is double WrestleMania backlash. On the but no, on the um, on the buy in. Yeah, they could put another one on there, maybe. I want, I want this to go, I want the buy in match to go fucking 90 minutes, no, tw- 40 minutes. 40 minutes of uh, Dan Housen just cursing Smart Watch. Smart just crying as Dan Housen cursing. That's all I need. Feeding Smart Mark Sterling teeth. Uh, right, so we'll start there because it's the pre-show. Um, no way, Hawkhausen loses this, right? Hawkhausen absolutely wins this. Yeah. Okay, then nice and easy. Moving on to the main show, starting out Jay Cargo versus Anna Jay for the TBS title. Uh, I can't see, I can't see Jay dropping it here. Yeah, Jay doesn't drop it here. I think Jade's going to get to fifty, and at fiftieth will be when she loses. Yeah, fair. I'm like off the eighty-two now. Uh, right, next up, Kyle O'Reilly slash Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, baby. I think Cole's going to win the whole thing. Yeah, regardless of who it is, I think it'll be O'Reilly versus Cole. I think there'll be some Jay White shenanigans. I think that'll sort of push, they'll start to drive the wedge in between them. Yeah. Uh, again, Tony Storm, or this is the hard one, Tony Storm or Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. I think it'll be Tony and Ruby in the final, and I think Tony's going to win it. So you think Ruby turns heel and loses? I think Ruby turns heel after losing. Oh, right, okay. I think that Tony like will do the whole handshake thing and Ruby will attack it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, oh, I'm conflicted. Yeah, I'll go Tony as well, actually, I think. It's like, it's, I think it's like a 20% chance that Ruby turns heel to win. But yeah, uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. No way Thunder Rosa drops his belt. No, first pay for defense. Unless she's legitimately hurt, but I don't think she's that bad. I didn't think she was injured at all. 
Yeah, it's funny. She's she had a bit of a knock. That's why she's not really wrestled since she won the title. Fair enough. Uh, right, tag match. Which one? Uh, triple threat. Team Taz. I'm going Lee and Swerve. I think Team Taz because I feel like it's a really nice way to reward Powerhouse Hobbs for how much he's improved in the last like 18 months. It is, and it's a really excellent roundabout way to get the titles onto Hawkhausen as well if you want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just think I just think they'll give Keith and Swerve a big, epic moment. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Keith and Swerve is though is that they don't need to be a team. They can quite easily like go. Okay, we're going to go separate ways now and do other things, and then revisit the team at a later point. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it could go. I mean, it could. It could just have. I think it might be time on Jurassic Express now with Tagtails. I think so. I think they've, I, beat, they've, they've won it. They've, they've beaten everyone they could have beaten at this point, I think. Except for these two teams. Except for these two teams. Um, right, next up, Jericho Appreciates Society versus Murder Boys, uh, Anarchy in the Arena, it's officially called. I think the Murder Boys. Yeah, Jericho doesn't have the best track record in these big gaming matches, does he? He likes to, he likes to do the job in them. I think, I think, can't see that changing. I, I think as well is the fact that other than Eddie beating Jericho, the Jericho Appreciation Society have not had their comeuppance. Yeah. Like, since, like, they've beaten Santana, they've beaten Eddie and uh, Proud and Powerful. They've... And, I mean, they can protect them really well. They can have Danielson choke out, like, Angelo Park or something, can't they? I th- yeah, I think Mox Mock, and, like, well, the Blackpool Combat Club are essentially, like, the sort of X factor in this that are going to help yeah, Eddie from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Right, the next up, House of Black versus Death Triangle. House of Black. Well, I'm going Death Triangle. They haven't they haven't won much at all in this feud, so they haven't. But I feel like they've only dragged it out because of Phoenix's injury. Yeah. And I feel like no plan was for House of Black to kind of like assert the dominance over Death Triangle. I don't think Death Triangle needs the win, whereas I feel like House of Black is still in that phase of like. Not obscurity, but definitely they're in the face. They, 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 like, they need to like solidify what they're doing, don't they? they need to like solidify their yeah. plan basically. And I guess actually, I mean, I just think, I just think that they've been they've had too many wins over Death Triangle. They need to get one back. I think they kind of need one back here. Yeah. Um, Hardys versus the Bucks. Hardys. Ah, the Bucks ain't losing at the pay per view, mate. I don't think Hardys are losing the first pay per view match. Oh, it's it's it is the the immovable object versus the immovable object. It's like it's the literal EVPs of the company who book themselves strong versus the biggest tag team of the last twenty years. Who are you telling me that Jeff Hardy is not is is picking up a fucking L on his first pay per view? You telling me the books are doing the JBs the Hardys? Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) I think the books win this because then we can get the rematch. Oh, if you, if you, yeah. I mean, if you if the Hardys get the win, actually, yeah, fuck it, I'll go the Hardys. If the Hardys get the win, you can do the rematch. You can we can do you? a fucking, we can do like a cinematic match or something like well, that. Then the Bucks can win in Cali, and then that that that's yeah. makes, that makes everyone happy. Exactly. So yeah, and then the big one, Hangman Page versus CM Punk for the AW World Championship. Oh, Phil's winning this absolutely. Summer of Punk three, let's go. Oh, no question asked. Ask. We're getting Punk in a car this summer, and this is how. Again, summer summer punk myth, it's happening. Put a put a pin in it. Yeah, it's happening, man. Sound right. Well, properly, not like the other two fuckers. 
So we'll be back next week, but we'll do we'll do a very brief rampage and dynamite, and we'll focus mostly on the pay per view because by the time you're involved the next podcast, it'll be pay per view time. So yeah, um, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jay. Um, I'll see you. I might even see you Sunday night if we're doing pay per view stuff. I don't know what, what what's up for I'm, that. I'm in work on Sunday night, but if you want to come, watch you. Yeah, babe. But I'll I'll not be sticking around and work. Let's put it that way. Well, we'll sort of out. Yeah, no worries. So sweet. All right. Well, I'll catch you soon, mate. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. As always, oh. stay safe, enjoy your wrestling, and we'll see you all real soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>